All right, this is a poem dedicated to all the folks who use sports to get out of poverty. They told me the quickest way to get signed was behind the plate. So I donned the tools of ignorance, mask, chest protector, shin guards. They put my best weapon on defense and made me a catcher. Quickest way to the pros was to catch. You should have seen me play. You should have seen me. I had a gun on my right shoulder, full metal jacket. Couldn't steal on me, couldn't steal on me. I gunned them down. My elbow was a trigger. My elbow was a trigger. When they run, I pull it, blam. Dead, dead, dead ducks on a pond wouldn't steal on me again. I knew they were watching me, scouting me, studying me. Since I was 15, the pro scouts used to chat up my mom. Pretty brown lady in sunglasses, red pumps, and a business dress just off work. Pretty brown lady standing behind the backstop, arms crossed tensely, sunglasses hiding, beaming eyes, shaking her leg, shaking her leg, nylons vibing, popping her gum, popping her gum, anxiously waiting for her boy to call the pitch, throw them out, and hit the ball. These scouts would sweat my mom, talking about a better future for her boy. They wish they knew my mother. They wish they knew my mother who could whistle with two fingers in her mouth, could hear her over the crowd. Come on, baby, you can do it. Really, I played for her. To swing for her, bend the knees, tuck your chin, swivel hips, Straight to the ball, letters that pitch. Watch for the curveball in the dirt, curveball in the dirt, curveball in the dirt. Damn, lay off that. See your pitch. Swing, 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 swing. 200 swings a day for my mom. Work like my mom every day for my mom. Block 50 balls in the dirt for my mom. Long toss, running pose, left to right, again and again, like writing a script. Left to right, again and again, like writing a script. I wanted to change our story. I wanted to make money playing ball make money on my own, make my mother proud, give her an early retirement, pay her bills, get her a house, be an example, get an education, get their attention, let them know, let them know. My mother did this, my mother did this all on her own, raised me without a husband, molded me into the best. She taught me the game to love the game like she did unconditionally. She made me a ball player, discipline and sacrifice. She spent her vacations on me, discipline and sacrifice. Drove miles to see my games. She put in work to get me to practice. So my practice got fierce, like my mother's relentless punch of the clock. Rent is due, so get to work. Her dedication to me got me drafted by the Chicago Cubs. No lie. The team our whole family, our whole family adored. My mom and her brothers and sisters grew up just outside Chicago. Used to take the train to Wrigley Field to watch Ernie Banks, Billy Williams, and Ron Santo. Then, then, then the Chicago Cubs were up in my apartment. The Chicago Cubs were up in my apartment negotiating a contract with me, my mom, and my uncle. I ate it up. 
was so excited, I would have played for the Cubs on pride alone. I was itching to sign the contract, get my uniform with my name on the back for my family, for my mother. The scout knew it, tried to lowball me, stalling and threatening, lost opportunity, but my uncle called him on it. They had, they had to match a full ride scholarship to a D1. And so he added another zero to the check. And just before midnight, I signed the contract. The next morning I flew to Mesa, Arizona for spring training. I got paid more money than I had ever seen in my life. I was 19 years old. I was 19 years old and I made my mother proud. This is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say on the air. Tuning you into the Latino literary renaissance in all its splendor. Interviews, teatro, rap, fiction, poetry, memorias, composer spotlights, and more. Always mas. Thanks for tuning in. This is Tony Diaz, a Libro Traficante, author of The Tip of the Pyramid, Cultivating Community Cultural Capital. Thank you so much for joining us for the special show that rebuilds that bridge between Red Texas and Blue Califas. And you're going to be calling your tias or tias, tell them to tune in, or you're going to send them to link to the podcast because it's going to be a great show. And of course, Appreciate you experiencing first on social media, where we begin on the Nuestra Palabra Facebook page, or perhaps you're tuning in on the video portion that airs on fox26houston.com, or maybe you're listening on one of our first platforms, 90.1 FM, KPFT, Houston's community station. And here I do pause, and I want to thank everybody who's donated to keep this show on the air, to keep this station going, because guess what? Our community still enjoys free radio on FM. And if you tune into all the other stations, there's even less cultural programming than ever before. And it was limited to begin from to begin with. And now we are certainly one of the few stations broadcasting our terms on our terms. So if you can make a donation to KPFT in the name of Nuestra Palabra, Latino Orders Having Your Say, please go to kpft.org or you can call 713-526-5738, old school style, which is the phone number, and we still have that. Or we're going to come at you in person. And I mention all that because we've got a lot of dear friends here today as we celebrate Martillo Press. And we're taking a hammer to all those book banners, unleashing more voices, and thrilling you all through all multi-platforms. And we're going to be reuniting you with a lot of our friends, a lot of our familia, in a bit. You're going to talk to Los Jefes from El Martillo, which, of course, our dear friends David Romero and Matt Cedillo. But first, hey, I got to give a big shout-out. Paul Flores, my, our dear friend, joining us back again. Part of El Martillo <laughs> Press. We're about to bring in the executive chiefs. I did want to just chat with you a little longer Powerful piece. You know, you know what, too? I've known you so long. We've chatted about it. But also, you talk about baseball. But baseball, too, has had this weird role with our community. You know, going as far back as Venezuela. You got the camps in the Dominican Republic. Uh, you, you seem to be playing with that as well, too, no? 
You know, one of the coolest things about um, playing ball was was getting to know a greater uh, Latin, Latino identity, playing with folks from the Caribbean. You know, when you grow up in California, most of the folks you play with that are Latino or Mexicano, but then all of a sudden you're playing with Dominicans, Puerto Ricans, Venezuelans, Colombians, folks from the South. And then you see that, you know, there is a, a, a very global culture around baseball and you have to open up your mind. So I was actually th- grateful for that. <laughs> you know, I got to throw a lot of my coños, coño, you know, like that. <laughs> That's too cool. All right, brother. Well, great to hear you flow. We're going to have you back in a little bit. Our dear friends, their familia, David Romero, Matt Cedillo. Yo, usually you guys would kick off the show and flow. It's very much like you to share the space, to create more voices, to create more lanes. And now you're the suits. I do. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let, let's say hi to Matt. Tell us about what you're doing with, uh, with El Martillo, and then we'll have a uh, David, tell us as well, because this is a big deal. And I want to preface this one more time. You're dedicating the time and energy you can use to create your art to liberate more voices. Tell us more. Yeah, well, you know, Tony, it's, it's such an honor to be here. First of all, I want to thank you. You know, uh, in, in many ways, El Martillo, you know, it has actually, you know, it's a California-based press, but it's got a lot of Texas roots on two accounts. You know, me, me, and uh, me and David, uh, you know, we we had that experience, a very formative experience, working with uh, Edward uh, Vidiare on uh, on Flower Song Press, and and we, you know, we were booking a lot of different shows, and we were doing little showcases. We did one there in uh, there in San Antonio, mm-hmm. over at the Guadalupe Center, and you know, we were able to bring California and Texas authors together. So we had a lot of text roots that way. Another way in which we have uh, Texas roots is that you know, uh, El Martillo Press is very much you know the the creation of the both of us. But I did come up with the name El Martillo. And when I was a young man, I was very influenced uh, by a commercial uh, when I was living in Dallas, actually. A lot of people don't know this. I lived in Dallas for two years. And uh, there was a, an attorney uh, always on, uh, on, on Dallas uh, television. I'm Jim Adler, the Texas Hammer. Seriously heard in a car. Named Jim Adler, the Texas Hammer. And we'll <laughs> until they see the light. And so, like, that was... He uh, also has commercials in Houston. Well, so, okay, when you well, that, knows. everybody knows. <laughs> Soy Jim Adler, a Martillo Tejano. The Martillo fue forrado en el fuego de la justicia. Yeah, the, the, the Jim Adler, the Texas Hammer. And then his son, Bill Adler, the Texas Hammer. is like, you know, <laughs> you know, you know like, well, two hammers, it's hammer time all the time. So that really that left an indelible impression on me. And so, you know... That's uh that's kind of like always been in the back of my mind. So, anyways, we saw our press, El Martillo Press, and that was really kind of the concept that we really actually. I'm joking about that part, but like we really wanted to write a press where, bring a press where people were really bringing forth, you know, strong voices and people coming. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, some people, you know, they might have a traditional background in the academy, they might not, but everyone here. Uh, that comes to this press is there are people who have at one point in time, you know, either, you know, pushed a, pushed a broom or worked a cash register or something like this. this is, it's kind of a working class press. And we want to have that kind of ethic. And uh, and that's kind of what we really wanted to to, to inform with, with El Martillo Press or we want, want to bring forward to the world. Um, because in many ways, if you're not part of certain networks, you know, you don't get certain opportunities. And and really, uh, for me and Dave, who don't actually come out of that, 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 uh, that, that kind of MFA structure, um, we've had to work our way around. We've found a lot of workarounds in order to get to certain places. And we got there, but like we had to find certain kind of ways. So we want to create our own networks uh, where, where, you know, we are there, there is no workaround. This is the way, this is the way to go forward. And, uh, you know, we really do want to change not only, um, you know, we not only want to, you know, enhance the voices of our own authors, but we actually do want to uh, make an intervention into the general kind of culture 
uh, this like culture within a culture within a culture um, that kind of tends to have a lot of gatekeeping, a lot of like blocking of things. So that's kind of uh, what we're looking for. You know, El Martillo, the builder of bridges and the destroyer of walls. <laughs> that's very cool. And, and I mean, to your point, too, it's I, I would say that you're coming at it from a very community oriented angle to, to create those other pathways as these other systems for different reasons. I mean, you know, I have an MFA in creative writing. I have to say that you're correct about it. They, they create these silos. And even if you're in it, you try and break out of it, but you're stuck in it. And then it creates these networks that it begins harder for our gente to, to penetrate. So that's fantastic that you're doing that. And I appreciate that you're bringing your, your skills, that passion to deliver this alternate network, which is huge. Before I turn over to David, I just want to make one more point. Um, we are going to attempt to become that network because the truth of the matter is that between me and David, we've spoken at like something like, I know I've spoken at over hundred universities across the United States. So is he, um, you know, we've spoken in like eight different countries. We, we intend to, it's not like, Oh, this is, you know, a little off to the side thing. We intend to take our authors all over the world. We intend to, for, for global audiences, for authors, and we intend to be that network, that bridge all across the world. These are, you know, we want to have working class writers who also happen to be some of the greatest writers uh, walking the face of the earth and the greatest writers performers. And that's our, that's the goal. And that's the model that we're, that we're putting forward. Varias noches sin dormir Estoy p***o, no te voy a mentir Le hablé a otra morrita al deducir Que te perdí Y ya no hay más Cosas que contigo quiero hablar Con otra piel yo te voy a olvidar De mi mente yo te voy a sacar Y ya nos verán Pura cadena gruesa y las plebetas son del Instagram Sin poder dormir, todo cambió cuando te fuiste de aquí. Ya me prometí no repetir. Y ya será muy tarde para cuando quieras más. Tú solita tienes que aceptar. En mis brazos ya no vas a estar. Y ya nos verán. Pura cadena gruesa y las plebitas son del
David, uh, tell tell us more about about what you think this is going to do or is doing, and, and some of the release dates for some of the some of the works and how we can all support. Yeah, so uh, our first five authors uh, that we're bringing uh, with us today, uh, all of their books uh, released this June. Um, so that was actually a thrill, a challenge, you know, to, to work on all five at the same time. And, and they've all released. They're all beautiful. They're all gorgeous. Uh, we have a bilingual collection. We, of course, have Paul's collection, uh, which has uh, more uh, poems uh, in that vein and and uh, and some very intensely political poems. Uh, I mean, each one of our authors does represent that working class uh, ethos, a strong sense of identity, of place, of history. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, so we're really excited about, you know, where we're going. We have all sorts of tour dates going up, uh, going on, uh, mostly in California, but we're going up to the Bay. Uh, we have plans eventually to to br branch out uh, all over the country, all over the world. So we're very excited. Uh, so we have we have five authors, and then this December we have five more authors. Wow! Uh, and so something, and so yeah, we're we're looking at about ten each year, um, curated launch, all drop five of them dropping at the same time, so they can help cross promote each other. Hopefully, that's the ethos of the press, the idea of the press is to have the authors supporting each other. And to follow up on something that Matt was talking about, the idea is to uh, draw from academia, from the literary world, from page poets, from theater-based uh, uh, performance poets, as well as spoken word artists, slam poets, you know, is to cross um, disciplines, to cross, you know, have academics, have political activists and political theorists uh, involved in the press as well. So to really have that, that cross-pollination of, of disciplines and perspectives, um, memoirists as well. So yeah, yeah, our, our ambitions for anyone thinking that we're just going to be focused on poetry. Uh, no, right now, yes, but soon, no. <laughs> well, and I do want to point out to, to our listeners that even what you just listed, those interests, that defies obviously what corporate publishing can get to. Uh, and, and I'm not throwing shade to the university presses, but again, once you build your base, you kind of get stuck in there. You're actually hitting all these other pockets of intellectuals and community members that I think, yeah, th there really isn't one one place that can call that home. And because we're networking here. So, of course, Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writers Having Their Say is based in Houston, Texas. So we're going to make sure that uh, we, we do our part. I'm also a literary curator for the Latino Bookstore at the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center in San Antonio, where, you know, you both read. Uh, so I'm going to say this. We're going to order your copies there. So already you're doing it for your authors. You know? Thank you, Tony. Thank you. Tony, 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 you're speaking my love language. I mean, I, I love to hear it. <laughs> and we're just this is just the beginning. You know, so, so on that note, hey, why don't you show us, we're going to bring up uh, the writers that uh, symbolize the historic first run of El Martillo Press. Let you introduce them. And we're then, why don't you introduce them to us? Tell us what you liked about their work. And then we'll have them all go around and, and do one, uh, uh, you know, do a reading each. And then we'll touch bases again. But ladies and gentlemen, 
I'm so happy to introduce to you the inaugural lineup of El Martillo. All right, so um, I'll, I'll get started with introductions. We'll start off with Margaret Alicia Garcia, the author of The Daughterland. So what I really love about, and I have a copy of hers on hand, Margaret's book deals with trauma. It deals with identity. It deals with lang- uh, ideas of, of language, of, of history, family history. Um, and uh, really her writing, uh, it, it, it has a great level of sophistication. It's very dry. It's very air, very atmospheric. Um, so in that way, it flaunts, you know, certain expectations that some people might have of, of, of Chicano writing of, you know, whatever. Um, it's, it's, it, it has an ironic detachment to it. So it's, it's a very, very uh, interesting uh, uh, level of, of writing that she executes. Um, we've got uh, Donato Martinez uh, with his collection, Touch the Sky, uh, which really is it's the stories from the neighborhood. It's the stories of growing up, of childhood, of, of the things we love, of the things that, w- that we wanted more in life, uh, a never-ending ambition. Um, and so, yeah, you, you really get that, that family, you know, kind of vibe, you know, reading this book, uh, remembering, hanging out with your friends. And uh, Caesar, Matt, do you want to talk about Caesar's book? Uh, yeah, yeah. Caesar uh, wrote uh, God of the Arrows and other poems. And so, you know, with Caesar, actually, one of the things that was Flower Songs, we were actually, you know, we were actually able to get a lot of people published at Flower Song or, you know, we were kind of like the pipeline to California. Um, but like, you know, that pipeline got pretty full because, you know, everyone was publishing so many people. And so one of the people we wanted to publish was Caesar. And, uh, and it was like, you know, there was just, there, you know, you know, there's a, there was, you know, Flower Song's got like 70 authors, so it took a while. And so it was like, you know what, we're going to start our own thing. And so, and Caesar was the first person we wanted to publish. And the reason we wanted to publish uh, Caesar so, so much was that because Caesar really did represent, you know, what what the kind of ethic uh, that we were trying to put forward with, with El Martillo. It really is, it really is the, uh, the, the kind of, um, the kind of work that, 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 you know, if, you know, it, that we felt that needed to be in the world. And it's kind of one of these, one of these people that, one of these things that it really, if, you know, without our invention, it would, it, it either happen or wouldn't happen, you know, it would either become like this Upton Sinclair kind of thing that, you know, it, it would, it, it, Caesar's writing, I mean, Caesar, Caesar literally is a factory worker. I mean, Caesar really literally, literally writing about factories. And so if this is a really honest and authentic, you know, voice of coming from the working, for, come for coming from literally coming from working. I mean, I didn't say the working class, I mean, everyone's working class, but like the actual work of a factory. And, and we really wanted to, to do that and, and and it became kind of the the blueprint for for the general you know the general pr- the press overall so so caesar's book is incredibly important uh to us as a press and i think to to people um just now reading it and he is the uh the second poet laureate of pomona california so he is a very important guy and the reigning and uh and defending poet laureate of pomona california so nice so margaret you want you want to go so since you were interested first would you like to share a poem um sure thank you for having us It took four months and three days to not find a therapist. I wanted a Latina therapist so I wouldn't have to explain those things that set me on edge. The sweet white husband who comes with a white noise, mother-in-law always attempting to conquer like our neighborhood. I wanted a Latina therapist who got all that so we could go on to discuss everything else. But no one takes my insurance or any insurance anymore, Latina or otherwise. And my kid 
didn't actually die and my house didn't actually burn and I am no one's emergency, no one's 911. So instead, I buy the biggest red cowboy boots I can find, the biggest hoop earrings I can find, and I wear them while silently making dinner, playing out all those imaginary sessions in my mind. Fantastic. <laughs> Let's, uh, Matt, who do you want to bring up next? Um, before we get into well, the next one, I mean, Margaret Alicia Garcia is, is an incredible writer, not just an incredible poet, also a journalist, also an incredible writer of short stories. Um, you know, she was, she was on NPR for, for her, her coverage of, uh, of, the, of some fires up north in, in, in Northern California. And, you know, there's much more here about that. But Margaret is, is, is one of these uh, polyglots, one of these uh, Renaissance type people. So a writer of many things. And we are so, so honored to have her, her here at El Martillo Press. Up next, I'd like to bring on Professor Donato Martinez. I wanted to say thank you to Tony Diaz and thank you uh, for hosting us and Matt and uh, David for being our leaders and bringing all of us to, together and, and having faith in the, in the first wave, you know. Uh, but uh, anyways, I'm going to get into this poem, you know. I'm gonna, uh, it, this poem is really about, uh, about growing up poor, but about uh, surviving even when you're poor. And it's called Bendiciones de Cada Dia, Blessings of Every Day. Padre Nuestro, que estás en el cielo o en los barrios, Danos hoy nuestro pan de cada día. We'll take tortillas once in a while. Pero por favor, óyeme, Señor. Y perdona mis ofensas que if my jefita finds out about me and the girl up the street, me va a dar unos buenos chingadazos. Please, Dios, no me castigues. I can already hear my father, Pazguato, hasta rebotas de tan pendejo. Dolores como la pinche joda on 5 a.m. summer great picking days and los files de Miraloma y Fontana Huevones, ya levántese, que vamos a la friega. Agarren sus tacos de huevos y papas, que ya se va la camioneta. Y be careful crossing the railroad tracks. Hang on to the door handle. The gears slip once in a while. Pero no te preocupes. It will get you there. Riding the banana-colored school buses to school. Carrying Don Leon tortilla bag knotted and braided. Keeping tacos and frijoles rental wrapped warm until lunch. With an orange and a smear peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Hidden underneath the seat between scaly feet. Y mijo, no seas tan malvado. Y don't look at the filthy chucho off the street taking a shit. Porque si te van a salir los granos en los ojos. Y mija, pon cuidado en la school. Pero dile al pinche Mr. Smith to take his pinche hands off of your skirt. Y dile que ya sabe tu papá. Y no te juntes con esos cholillos. Porque fa final te voy a dar una buena bofeteada. Y ustedes muchachos ya charafense y vengase a comer. No sean tan malcreados o les va un buen guamazo en su hocico. And don't give me that filthy look, because si les van a quedar sus caras, cabrones, And during the cool evenings, I used to play canicas on the dirt driveways. I used to dodge the cars up and down the street while smacking baseballs. I used to watch the young girls hopscotch in the middle of the street. In the days like Saturday morning, Hiligarias was playing on the muffled A-track stereos, Lucha Villa or old Gente Fernandez and the smell of pine soul or fabuloso, because today is cleaning day. Y después vamos a salir on riding through town in the two-door 68 green chip roof Impala. We spent afternoon 
in the cafeteria of Kmart, slurping slurpees, gobbling grease, butter, popcorn, and we were waiting for the blue light specials. Okay, muchachos, now, now we can start shopping, my mother would say. No, ya les dije, put those damn Hot Wheels back. You cannot get the Converse. You can only get the Zips or the Keds. And we used to stop at Zodi's, Gaines, and TJY. We used to remateando, regateando, pack like sardines in one car to the driving theaters. And the sounds of my mother's home, the chilaquiles, the burros, the sal y mantequilla on pockmarked flour tortillas, fresh out of the smoke, Oaxacan comal, the roasted, toasted green chiles on ancient stone, molcajetes become the best salsa verde, like aguacates become chicano, become guacamole, or sucking on a chile saladito in the middle of a, of a limon wedge in a parking lot of a local liquor store. We're savoring the charcoal burnt edges of abuelitas, gorditas de horno, salivating over mole, atole, pozole, and I'm talking about a bowl of menudo after buena cruda. Just ask your tío. Remedios, caseros, de hierba buena, té de limón, cotton balls on sunken belly buns, foreheads wrapped in alcohol and marijuana drenched rags, scratches and gashes ointed with savila, burns and rashes smeared with mayonnaise or toothpaste, smeared juice and tomato seeds on balding hair, toasted lemon halves on itchy mosquito bites, gulping sal de uvas for nauseous stomachs, and swollen smeared vapor rub fingers. These are the remedios that kept us alive. A buena sobada or a curada from the curandera with the crooked foot and the blind left eye. These are the bendiciones de cada día. Thank you very much. what's up you are tuning in to nuestra palabra latino writers having to say you are hearing the voices from the inaugural first run of books published by el martillo press and we're happy to have our dear friends now they're the suits now <laughs> they run the press our dear friends matt and david uh matt you want to say a little something about that i gotta tell you before you get to the I, next one years ago years ago years ago i had the opportunity i had the, I had the honor of reading with the great Francisco Alarcón. I remember him doing a poem and he was like, Chiquinito, Chiquinita, right? I'm like, this guy's got great stage presence. Then I went and had dinner with him. The guy was like, try the guacamole, you know? So I was like, wow, this guy just, this guy just lives it like he reads it, right? I gotta tell you, the only other person I met who like lives just the way he reads is Donato Martinez. Cause Donato will read their poem to you and he'll be like, you know, on the back street, you know, and, and then when you talk to him, he's like, hey, what are we gonna, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> it's not over, let's go out and, and so like, you know, like Donato's got that same thing. So it's hard to know where the poem, the poem ends, the man begins and it's inseparable. And there. Donato, Donato was a great, just living poem, like a, not even a living poet, a great, a great, uh, just a, just, the man just, the lust for life uh, that Donato Martinez exudes is, is it's a rare quality. Uh, in the world. So, I mean, I got, we're so honored uh, to to put this man's words on paper and uh, to have him be part of uh, of the first class of El Martillo. So thank you so much again, Donato. It's, it's, a, it's a joy to have you, man. It's a joy to be around you. All right. Up, la up next, Cesar Avalar, the poet laureate, the current and reigning poet laureate of Pomona, California. Well, first of all, thank you for, for having us. This is an amazing event. Mad love for all the gente in Texas, especially working hard gente, you know what I mean, in Texas. Factory workers, everything, you know, just wanted to say, give a special shout out. You know, that's, that's what I write about. And this poem is called Laughter Liberation. 
Jaime tells a joke and his tongue restructures this whole factory, turns production lines to congregation, turns laughter to liberation, a worker's autonomy, a possibility, a dream, a chant, a joke, a smile, hope. Hope to own the means of this whole place, machines, talent, time, profits, everything, hope. Jaime tells a joke, and this shit becomes possible. Elba, a lady no one likes, a lady that makes novellas in her head, whispers century of conflict with chismes every day. Jaime tells a joke, and she's forgiven. Jaime tells a joke, and old man Serafin feels as young as when he first heard it. He looks into the air, the ceiling, the time, the clock, the smiles, the tingles of feeling alive again. Jaime tells a joke, and people who are hardened become soft. Jaime tells a joke, and workers come together, close their eyes, feel their way, laughter turn to power. Jaime tells a joke and rearranges this whole factory, opens people, opens mind, opens hope, opens laughter. Jaime tells a joke and liberation is a smooth ride. Man, I, t- I tell you what, I got to interject that. You are talking to our gente here in, in Houston, Texas. As they're driving on the highway, listen, 9.1 FM, that's what this is about. So thank you for sharing that. I got to remind people, too, it takes the writers to find all the obstacles. It takes new publishers to recognize these voices. We're happy to put our granito de arena with the airwaves. Give us some context, Matt. Uh, C- Cesar Avalar. I mean, I've known Cesar since... Uh... I mean, we've been reading since uh, since Tia Chuchas. I mean, we we uh, we we're at uh, Luis Rodriguez's spot. Um, that's where we actually first met. And I've been seeing Caesar ride and grow for for many years. And and he got he got real serious about putting the book together uh, a few years ago. And so we you know we sat together and we kind of like we looked at it and we you know we kind of we worked on it uh, together. And so it was a real great experience just really watching him. Uh, you know, go from someone that performed well to someone that really writes well to someone that is actually um, becoming like really, you know, more and more increasingly, particularly out here in Southern California, particularly in the city of Pomona, becoming a real voice of of of, of, of the working hands uh, of that city, and and you know, and increasingly of the state, and you know, and onto the nation. So, um, really, really a big thing. I mean, one of the biggest things that me and David talked about with El Martillo Press is that we didn't want to just publish people who are well established. We wanted to be really foundational in the story of how people became established, of how people became, you know, these literary figures that people ended up looking up to and, mm-hmm. and inspiring the next generation. But we wanted to actually be a part of that story. So, um, you know, publishing Caesar and, and, and other and other a few other authors that are coming up. If that's really that's really our goal. I mean, we, of course, we want to work with the people who've been established. Of course, we want to work with our friends that we've known for years. But we also want we want to we want to be that that bridge um, that 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 takes someone from 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 you know a place where you're known in your city to a place where you know you're known across the nation. So that's that's the purpose of El Martillo. I'll just add one last thing I have to, I can't resist is that 
This is really vital right now, where, of course, we're on 90.1 FM KPFT in Houston, Texas, where, as you know, there are so many forces. There's a whole censorship culture mm-hmm. that is intimidating teachers and librarians from bringing books in classrooms and libraries. So now we have to spread it to underground libraries, family libraries on the air, libraries that can still you know, put up some of the resistance. But these are the exact kind of works that you're publishing that some folks do not want to get in the hands of our community because they right. were fired and turned to the page and turned to the book. So really appreciate you doing that. Please tell me. Is there any way you can help me get mowing leaves of grass banned in Texas? Matt, if I was mad before. I talk so much. If, and I was I mad before, if they it's ban so you, weird. I'll be really mad. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, mad that I'm, the, I'm mad that I haven't been banned. <laughs> The, I ain't checked in the last. I ain't checked in the last minute. So, <laughs> you bo- both may have been banned since. I, that's how Texas rolls right now. So, yeah. I Take will we'll, we'll keep you posted on that. Uh, why don't you give us? Uh, why don't you give us the fifth of your mighty, mighty, mighty inaugural lineup? David, you wanna? Yeah, so we'll, let's go back. Let's round back. We have a uh, first base. Uh, <laughs> here we are at home base. Uh, so, yeah, so uh, with Paul S. Flores, uh, Paul actually met Matt a long time ago, so they have more of a personal history. But I was really glad when I reached out to Paul that he was just so – we talked about him signing with Flower Song and then, you know, later to be able to come back to him and say – hey, actually, do you want to publish with us? You know, Matt and I are crazy enough to start our own press and we absolutely believe in you and your book. We think this is brilliant. Uh, The nostalgia, the hard-hitting political material. I mean, when you hear um, Paul's voice and when you see him perform, he brings his words to life in a way that few people on this earth can match. And I know that because I take pride. I'm an entertainer. I take pride in my performance ability. And when I saw Paul at the Cheech, I knew I was outclassed. I knew I should <laughs> do something else because I couldn't compete with him on that level. This man is this a reason why he teaches all of these things, why he teaches writing, why he teaches activism, why he teaches performance. Um, this is Paul S. Flores. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, definitely shout out to my Texas fans. Um, this is a poem called 700 Days. Uh, this is based on interviewing a woman who was um, arrested at the border simply for seeking asylum for her and her two-year-old child. Um, this is called 700 Days, Lorena's poem. Uh, here we go. ICE put Lorena and her two-year-old son, Gabriel, in an immigrant detention prison for 22 months. 700 days the little boy's memory began while locked up, playing ball with his toddler inmates at Burke's family prison in Pennsylvania. ICE put Lorena and her two-year-old son, Gabriel, in an immigrant detention prison for 22 months. 700 days. At the end, the federal judge asked the prosecutor, 
What is a four-year-old child doing in prison for 700 days? The federal prosecutor could not respond. Lorena and Gabriel came from Honduras. She crossed the border with her child to seek asylum from domestic violence. She did not read, she did not murder, she did not run from authorities. Still, ICE put Lorena and her four-year-old son in a prison for 22 months, 700 days in Berks, Pennsylvania. Today, 111 immigrant children are still held behind bars, most of them under five years old and for extra long stays. What is a four-year-old child doing in prison for 700 days? In Burke's Family Residential Center prison, there's no school, so guards teach the children to speak English with shut up and be quiet. Lorena asked her lawyer, what did he mean? Callate. Shut up, be quiet. Children are being too loud in prison. Playing games is too much for guards to learn to say a Spanish phrase. So shut up and be quiet will be your lesson for today. What is a four-year-old child doing in prison for 700 days? People donated 25 million GoFundMe to build a wall at the Mexican border. Steve Bannon took that money on vacation. They spent $14 billion on the election, but they said it was a fraud. It was President Obama and Biden built those cages where immigrant children slept on the ground with an aluminum blanket and two sandwiches a day. I thought people elected Joe Biden because they said they wanted change. What is a four-year-old child doing in prison for 700 days? They deported Gabriel's four-year-old friends from Burke's family prison. They lost the parents of over 600 children and forced them into the foster system. Here's where my tax money goes. When the judge saw four-year-old Gabriel after 700 days in a cell, he said Lorena and her son could live with a family sponsor while their asylum is decided. ICE put a GPS collar on Lorena's ankle and let her free of Burke's family prison in Pennsylvania. Freedom by any means, freedom by any ways, and whoever pays, I'm sending my tax return to the shut down Burke's coalition because what is a four-year-old child doing in prison for 700 days? very much and, and paul rounds out this inaugural lineup of el martillo press really some powerful voices that uh we're glad to to be able to share uh any any parting words uh david or matt that uh tell us how to go to the website and tell folks how they can find out about new publishing and and some of the new uh readings you'll be doing Yes, yes. So uh, you can follow us uh, on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter at El Martillo Press. And our website is elmartillopress.com. So please give us a follow. Uh, buy everyone's books. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, we'll, we'll give Matt the last word. So, Matt, uh, parting words? Yeah, well, I just want to thank you, Tony. Um, you know, but the press wouldn't be the press without its authors. So I want to thank Donato. I want to thank Paul. I want to thank Caesar. I want to thank Margaret for, for believing in us. I mean, they, they, they thanked us for believing in them, but thank you, you know, for believing in us. Uh, shout out to Flaminia uh, Cucciani, who couldn't be here today. That's our Italian author. And, uh, and shout out to our next round of authors, which are going to include Matthew Cuban-Hernandez, Alex Alfaro, um, uh, Gabriela Gutierrez Imoz was going to come out with her with her um, memoir, the you know these Chicano memoirs, but it's from the, the great Gabriela Gutierrez Imoz who's yet to write one. So I mean, this is very very exciting that we're going to be housing that uh, Sonia Gutierrez as well, and uh, and investigative journalist Greg Pallast making wow. his debut in the world of poetry on El Martillo oh Press, God. the builder of uh, the builder of bridges and the destroyer of walls. I love it. Well, congratulations uh, on the work you've done, the work you will do. We're happy to put our granito de arena there. And speaking of thanking the team, hey, on behalf of uh, the entire Nuestra Palabra family, I got to thank uh, Rodrigo Bravo, who is our sound engineer. Also, Roxana Guzman, who produces our multi-platform broadcasts. Of course, we've got all the other Libro Traficantes, the whole Nuestra Palabra team as well. Uh, this is Tony Diaz Libro Traficante. We're happy to air on several platforms, including 90.1 FM, KPFT, your community station. And I tell you what, there's no other FM station broadcasting our terms on our terms like today. Show like today always reminds me of how important it is that we all band together to support freedom of speech and different outlets. So if you can, if you can make a donation in the name of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say, please do. You can go to kpft.org or call 713-526-5738. And if you can't, Please share the show, tell people about it, and celebrate the arts. Thank you to all of you. We look forward to uh, hanging out soon and doing a great reading. Gracias. Basta ya, que cuando hablas de guerra dice basta ya, que cuando hablas de hambre dice basta ya.